0: Hello and welcome to That Film's Dew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep is based on the
1: 2013 novel of the same name by Stephen King, which is a sequel to King's 1977 novel, The Shining. This movie, directed by Mike Flanagan, also serves as the sequel to the 1980 film, adaptation of The Shining, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Doctor Sleep is out now, so if you haven't watched the film yet, but you want to, go watch it first
0: before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Set several decades after the events of the original story, this movie combines elements of the novels and the Kubrick film in a product that is written, directed and edited by Flanagan. Ewan McGregor plays a grown-up Danny Torrance, who possesses psychic abilities known as The Shining, struggling with his childhood trauma. Jason, you have the plot. Also struggling with alcoholism,
1: uh, Dan Torrance, as you said, Ian McGregor, remains traumatised by the sinister events that occurred at the Overlook Hotel when he was a child. His hope for a long, peaceful existence soon becomes shattered when he meets Abra, played by Kylie Curran, a teen who shared his extrasensory gift of the shine. Together they form an unlikely alliance to battle the true knot, led by Rose the Hat, Um, Played by Rebecca Ferguson, um, a cult whose members try to feed off the shine of innocence to become immortal.
0: Steam suckers or whatever you want to call them. Mike Flanagan. Let's start with him. Love his work yes The Haunting of Hill House his first movie Oculus with Karen Gillan was bloody fantastic I remember that, that's the, the, the something with a light, light bulb you've got the mirror Katie Sackhoff is yeah. in it yeah great film really good horror movie I didn't know Flanagan directed Gerald's Game Another yeah. Stephen King adaption. and not a bad, uh, not a bad little Netflix film. I'm going to go back and watch that because of Flanagan. Honestly, the haunting of Hill House, the, the show for me is just perfection. And hearing that he was the one adapting Doctor Sleep had me very excited.
1: In terms of, you know, this whole it's so it's the sequel to the novel.
0: No, yeah, well, it's the, no, the adaptation. A sequel to the original Kubrick movie from 1980 only is said to have included, or what I've heard, is that they include elements of King's original novel that were left out of the movie. So it's like a sequel to both the book and the movie, but if you're looking at a direct through line, it is a sequel to Kubrick's Shining.
1: So for all intents and purposes, and you kind of see that in this
0: movie, Jack Nicholson plays... Ewan McGree's father. Correct, yeah. Like, that's... Tell you what, there's some really obvious nods to The Shining in here. And I'm not talking about blood <laughs> spilling out the elevator. I'm not talking about the carpet and the tricycle. Trike? Is that what you say? Yeah, tricycle. The little <laughs> bike that Danny's on as a boy. When you see Abra's house and the street number is 1980, oh, like, oh, that's a bit... Yeah, the much. year, old, the year <laughs> of the oh, come on. The, so Easter eggs throughout. I know, but some of them worked better than others No, but had. I mean
1: if it, if it's um if it's musical cues oh the literally music,
0: yeah. literally the music just pulled straight up the opening um, with the music the i was there for it. love it yes
1: if it's um choreographed camera work angles um, callback imagery obviously you know like you mentioned you know like the the recreated scenes that without looking at the new actors' faces, you would think, is this from that movie? It looks exactly the same. There is even some uh, footage that was actually sampled from that original movie that was actually original film, like the when they go back to the Overlook Hotel and you, you know, get the, the shot over the lake with the trees. That's just re edited footage. There's two shots.
0: Is it two shots? With yeah, the, so the one you the one you're talking about, the shots were well, for both shots they they were degrained and recolored, So day was was made night and outside they digitally added snow. Ooh. All the other scenes that you're seeing from The Shining yeah. were recreated. And just today I was listening to uh, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast Inside of You and he had Mike Flanagan on there and he was asked about how he approached filming this and looking to honour you know, the Kubrick movie and he was saying that just out of curiosity, instead of just recreating the exact same shots, Flanagan was moving the camera around just to see if there was a better angle. And no, Kubrick got it right <laughs> every time, and he wasn't looking it to worked. challenge Kubrick. It was just curious.
1: It, it's it's unique because I mean, this movie could have just could have just adapted the book, and that be the movie, and then you kind of have hints of the past and, you know, what's come before and have, whether it's a, uh, you go, oh, well, the book is really the, you know, the yeah the story before this and stuff, you know, whatever reference point. But the movie goes all out, you know, it is pulling parts from the book that I'm not actually familiar with because I haven't read either book. But from what I got from this, I was like, it is a sequel to that movie. And it's, it's interesting because Stephen King has come out and it, it's widely known that, he did not like Kubrick's
0: version or, you know, adaption. I've not read the books either. So I've been going on interviews. <laughs> what, yeah, what's been said by all the hear. people. Yeah. And a strong part of the novels is it's about alcoholism. And although you do get aspects of that in the movie, it's much more of a focus in the novel. And there's other changes that were made as well. Like in the actual book, Holleran is alive. Yet in the cubic version, he isn't. And that's the version we get of him again in this sequel, Mm. where he's played by Carl Lumley. And he's brilliant in this as Halloween. Did you hear that? Apparently, Flanagan wants to do a Halloween spin-off, and you'll finally find out what happened in that room and how he died. That's something they're talking about doing. And (laughs) Warner Brothers were saying it's in development. I want to ask what? you about how many people were in your cinema because I am worried for this movie at the box office and I think Hallivan may just stay in these two movies.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, we don't normally look at box office figures. Um, I also try and stay away from reviews, when, you know, at least until after we've done our our review. But I I broke the rules a little bit. I, I, I snuck in a couple little peeks at what other people have been saying. So... Reviews have been pretty good. People have been liking this movie. Critics, audiences.
0: However, the box office is not looking very good at all. So are these like, people watching it online, maybe? Because if a lot of people are saying all these good things about it... I mean, it, the people who have watched the movie... The I few went, people who have watched it yeah, have said good things. <laughs> I went on a Sunday night and I was probably maybe one of ten. I went on a Friday night... What do you think it'd be hot? So it was
1: one of the... We have... our local, One of our local cinema chains have... Like a fright night, you know? Like a... Oh, the, the latest horror movie... It's that session to go to. So, you know? You go with other sort of horror fans, I guess. Very quiet. Oh, really? It was a VMAX session,
0: you know? Like all that. Very quiet. What do we think the problem is? We've got a movie here that would have been perfect... To release at Halloween. Instead, they released it a week <laughs> later... On Halloween... The movie that we got that I watched Dave release, Terminate a Dark Fate. I watched uh,
1: 47 meters unchained uncaged or whatever it was. But called. we could the have been movie.
0: watching a better movie. Yeah. I've not seen your movie, but better than Terminator <laughs> Dark Fate <laughs> for sure. Terrible movie. Terrible. Could have been yeah. watching Doctor Sleep. So so the timing could be a little bit off. But there's something that I think could be coming into play here. This is is a sequel to a movie from 1980. Yes, and although and... we love that, and I guess all the people that are saying positive things also love that. But what about the younger audience? It's it's definitely a different type of
1: horror movie. Um, one of the things I did pick up in, in looking at the reviews, which again I don't normally do, but it, you know they they're saying the movie isn't scary enough, and it's like that statement alone is is. Pulse? Yes. I mean, it's not the type of scary, and I just did the quotation things with my fingers, that you would get in um, you know, your traditional horror movies. Now, you know, something always happening, something jumping out at the loud noises, jump scares, all that, oogie boogie.
0: We're looking at you, Conjuring. <laughs> well, Although the we Conjuring do, spin-offs, not so much the Conjuring. We do like the Conjuring movies, and we've reviewed a couple of them on the podcast, but I think the young horror audience that's what they're going to the movies to watch those types exactly. of movies and you know like this
1: is this is a movie with an ip a known ip but it's it's a it's a special kind where number one they chose to and again the title doesn't change the movie at all but it, you can have shit title. but they chose to keep the title of the book which as a marketing kind of point of view you would think Oh, let's put Shining in the title somehow. They didn't do that. Maybe that's affected it.
0: They did put it as a tagline. They put like the next Shining chapter or Whatever something. Whatever they needed to do. So they. No, they did that. They that's covered on the that, you know, yeah. yeah, Shining is, is on the poster. But maybe
1: that. But I'm also thinking we love The Shining. You know, it's one of my top favorite movies and therefore i guess it's my favorite horror movie because no other horror movie is up in that category for me
0: check out our halloween special
1: yeah very subtle but i mean we're
0: not the general no going audience and maybe the shiny is a bit more niche than we thought i i think it's niche for a young audience because it's that old movie from 1980 that's uh, i think that yeah. is a big detractor for this movie you know as i'm watching it and i it's been a while since I've seen The Shining and Halloran would refer to Danny as Doc. Yes. and But I forgot that. Me so as, too. I, I mean... as I'm watching the movie <laughs> and then the old guy in the hospice refers to Danny as Doctor Sleep Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realise he was Doctor Sleep. Because having not read the book, yeah, I, know. I
1: I just assumed, oh, Doctor Sleep must be one of the bad guys. Maybe Rebecca Ferguson, maybe the blonde chick. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Danny is called Doc. And, yeah, it clicked that really well Yeah. when I was watching the, this movie. And it's it's really stupid as well because only a couple of weeks ago I, I saw... Um, a screening of The Shining at the cinema, 4K, extended cut, ca- all that kind of thing. Amazing. It was wonderful. But, of course, he's being called Doc, but, you know, didn't click. Didn't click at all.
0: So that was a nice reveal, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Obvious to most. But anyway, That's I do think that that is hurting the box office, though, because just, it yeah. doesn't look like the other horror movies. like The other Stephen King adaption that came out this year, It Chapter 2, looks more like those Conjuring movies. This... Doesn't look like that, and you yeah. McGregor, you know, he's done Star Wars, he's done a few, he's had a few hits in the world of pop culture. But, but I wouldn't I don't say think... he's a big pull, you know. It, that's what I'm saying. I Put don't Chris think Chris Pratt in this movie may be different, you know, as an example. But, yes, I don't <laughs> think McGregor is going to have that kind of pull. But I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. You need somebody like Ewan McGregor in this movie. He is absolutely fantastic. And if not Ewan McGregor, you're going to go to someone like James McAvoy. You're going to go to Michael Fassbender. You're going to go to an actor that is going to give a really good performance. You're not going to cast, even though I'm a big fan of his, you would not cast Dwayne Johnson (laughs) in this movie. You need a a particular type of actor. And Ewan McGregor absolutely nails... The performance, like when yeah. you first see him and he's drunk and he's tired, his eyes, he's got the unkept beard and he just looks an absolute mess.
1: There's a, you know, there is a drama to this this horror movie, this horror which, you know, dabbles in psychological, the thriller kind of genres, but there is definitely a drama and it comes through the characters and not much, now I say not much happens, I'm talking in, in terms of like, action-packed horror movie kind of thing. Not much happens in the first 40 to, you know, even an hour. But at the same time, so much is happening because you're getting so much from these characters. You're getting a lot of these quiet, slow-burn moments but you're getting to either meet them or meet them again. Like these these characters who we saw, you know, in The Shining and it's... You know, there's there's part of this movie where Danny is, you know, gets a job as you know, in a hospital. And before is a hospital that,
0: office. he's cleaning little trains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little, like, the model village. But it's like,
1: nothing has really happened. But you have all this time to, to reintroduce yourself to this character that by the time stuff does, you know, start kicking off and moving, you're completely on board and you're with this character and it's addressing all those things. You mentioned the, the first movie and book, I guess, is about, you know, that, that descent into falling off the wagon and alcoholism it's about Jack Torrance, you know, losing his mind. And, you know, they have the maze as that, you know, that metaphor, like getting trapped and all that. This one you have that maze again, but you know, Danny uses it to lock away his his pain,
0: things that have come before and this is the spirits from the hotel. Yeah.
1: And but you know, all the thematic stuff is still about it is still there, all the thematics about alcoholism and you know, like becoming an alcoholic. It's all it's it's there. It sort of mirrors it Slightly different, but it's all still, there's that thematic thread throughout the two stories, the two movies, it's here. And it's, yeah, the movie takes its time. It doesn't just jump into it and say, here's the characters, and then crazy mind powers and stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, it is, I get what you're saying completely. It, it is a slow movie, and there's times where not, not bad a lot, thing. Not about No, thing. no, no, but there's times where not a lot happens. But whenever you're having times with Danny, and he's not doing too much, and you're following him to his day-to-day because of that first movie, you know what happened. So no matter what he does in the present day, as you're following him in this film, you know all the baggage he's carrying around. Mm. Like, he's got all those spirits from the Overlook Hotel trapped inside those cases, or those caskets inside his mind so he's always keeping them contained so he's always got that pain talking about the alcohol and he says it in the movie that like he went through a point where one he was drinking to dull his shine, but he was also drinking because he was feeling close to his father who was an alcoholic yeah like and he barely you know
1: he even admits he doesn't really remember him even though he has these memories of you know this terrible thing I mean, that he was happened like and
0: six Yeah. six so years old that's memories no get age at all sort up. of
1: blurred and wiped and i guess they get covered with other things. and But yeah, he re- I guess he remembers his presence, but not so much him as an individual. And that's what g- gets him close to him is through his drinking. So, that, you know, there's so much substance There is this so film. much
0: <laughs> happening in this movie all the time, even when, again, it is slow, not a bad thing. I mean, the runtime of this movie is around two hours, 35. The original cut of the movie, it was three hours, of course, too long. <laughs> Flanagan managed to cut it down to two hours five minutes, the movie no longer worked because there was one <laughs> integral subplot that they cut out, and it kind of needed to be there to prop the rest of the movie up. What so subplot? Did he we didn't go it into saying what it was. Ah, like everything about True Knot, but he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they weren't in it. But he, <laughs> yes, yeah, so two hours thirty-five, which is a decent length, and apparently it's like a couple of minutes longer than than The Shining. You know, talking about True Knot, let's talk about. Rebecca Ferguson, Rose the Hat, she is brilliant in this. And what she's doing and her character, the fact that it is so removed from what Nicholson was doing in The Shining, right choice.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, like I just mentioned that, you know, there's those thematic continuities and that sort of ties the movies together. But what we're getting in terms of an actual unfolding story, the plot, um. And, you know, on the level of like the supernatural stuff that we're getting in this film as well, it's it's actually so different. You know, it's it, it, like they're 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 eating steam from people, eating, <laughs> eating the shine. Yeah, like the I shine. mean, you've gone
0: for that first movie where it's it's ghosts. You've got the haunted hotel. You've got possession, but then in this, it's almost like she's a witch. It's like you've got witchcraft. Yeah, it's like these. Larger-than-life sort of funky characters, and it's like, wow, you know, like... And they're actually people, like, you can touch them. It's very different to the old lady in the bathtub. You know, everything you got in The Shining, which comes back in this movie, but it's a very different threat. But then you've got them, like, just being a family, a community. Like, she's at the supermarket doing the, you know, grocery
1: shopping. Yeah, and when, you know, like, when her... We call them her, her, her teammates, her family members, part of her cult... You know when they're dying, you, you cuts to her and you see her. She in felt pain, the pain, screaming because she's feeling it. Well, they were
0: connected it. and they are all fed together, didn't they? It's so all <laughs> connected. It's.
1: It, what do you think of this? My thoughts were: say in The Shining, when when you introduced to the idea of the shine and that whole concept, it's sort of like the Force in Star Wars. And I'm not making a Neil McGregor connection there. That's just a coincidence. And then you get the prequel movies where they talk about metaglorians is that what they're kind of doing by showing the shine and being like you know it's a thing it's a physical thing you can see and it lives inside you and then when
0: you die um, you can kind of take i can see where you go like this story kind of they're not used they're not then having the shining themselves they're not having the shine yeah. So they're feeding off it, and they so they're doing something that they're going against nature. You're not supposed to be doing this, and this is why they die so horrifically when they do die. It's like they're getting dragged to hell. It's not like they're going to take on Danny's abilities. Mm. But I do see where you're going <laughs> with the bloody <laughs> like They kind of they
1: put like a just a physical spin on this power, which I assume was like just in their mind and they could do it it's like it's something that's inside them so it's but i mean i apparently the books you know have this as well so it's not something the movie just made up so i guess it's not a criticism there it's but i was just like whoa it's that's
0: what i mean like it's
1: so different it's like they just go all out. it's a very different movie
0: you know who i liked in this i really liked cliff curtis as billy freeman Just a good bloke he's got. Helping his mate. He's clearly got a dark past. He's moved away from that and he's got a new life for himself. He sees a a fellow lost soul in Danny (laughs) and just gives him a job, gives him a place to stay. And then, you know, not the third act, because that's the Overlook Hotel, but like leading towards the mid to late part of the movie, (laughs) he's out there and he's just got, you know, his rifle and he's just shooting the knot.
1: That's probably the most action-packed scene in the movie, you know, if you Besides like running around. With it was a really accidents. cool thing. I, yeah, I like the fact that he was a hunter so he could shoot. I did have issues though with Danny picking up a gun and, you know, just picking people off like, oh wow, so he's well trained in gun use. Of course.
0: He's been through some shit. <laughs> he's been to the shooting range once or twice. Fair enough, let off a bit of steam. Not that kind of steam, yeah, just normal. I believe that he'd grown up wanting to learn how to protect himself. Right, okay. I'm okay so. with him as a gun. Plus, we've seen him handle a lightsaber. He <laughs> 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 can handle himself. Transferable skills, he's got He's got stuff there. Bruce Greenwood, he pops up in this. Very surprised <laughs> to see him. You know, I tried to stay away from these trailers so, so much of this movie was just a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I'm like, hey, that actor, I know that but guy. That's him from that thing. But we also <laughs> have uh, Jacob Tremblay. As the young boy, the baseball player, in, I'd say, the most R-rated part of the movie, and downright horrendous to watch. Like, he's just getting,
1: pretty much like, I want to say like, eaten alive, because they do kind of eat him, but just stabbed.
0: How many times was he stabbed? You know, they almost did that in one take. Right. And nobody knew how far this kid was going to push it. And the other actors, Rebecca Ferguson more so, was generally freaked out by this kid's performance because they didn't know he's how full so on he was tricky. going to go. So he's covered in this fake blood. Anyway, they do the scene. Everybody falls backwards. They've got the take and everyone's freaked out. And this kid just went over to the crafts table laughing his head off. <laughs> like He's covered in fake blood. I've, I first
1: noticed this kid, uh, Jacob Tremblay, and what was it that... Um, was he larson in yeah, room. the room yeah or room? the room i don't know the one that's not that, one. that other movie yes. <laughs> the room. i think uh, it's the room yeah where you know they're kind of just trapped in that room for a long time fantastic little actor and then he was in that one where he has a helmet i think like julia roberts is in it
0: yeah and, with um,
1: owen wilson yeah and then he was in good boys like he's a he's a he's a good kid and like, then he
0: was in the predator
1: he was that's where i saw him yeah he was that's um, his filmography he was the guy's
0: kid but he was
1: for his age like fantastic actor he is good he just
0: he just literally just comes in and out of this movie (laughs) like you know (laughs) and it it gives a great performance but it is the scene that's like i feel as though if they'd have stayed on him or if they'd have had that scene any longer it would have been too much so I think they showed just enough. I mean it was already too much, but if they'd have prolonged it, yeah it, you'd have been like, no, this is let's stop.
1: On his character Bradley, his father, Mr. Trevor, played by Danny Lloyd, who was Danny Torrance in The Shining.
0: You know Cameo <laughs> You know, The Shining was his first movie and Doctor Sleep is his second movie. Career complete. (laughs) How's that for a bit of trivia? Thought I'd give the trivia early. Was it your trivia? Oh, not specifically, but it was more so. That That was talked about already. The comparisons with the shining. The right time. So I've done my uh, I've done my trivia early, but yeah, but his first and second film. So again, he was a kid, like six, when he shot that first movie, and he's great in that. You know the the faces he pulls. You know how he's reacting to things. And from what I've heard, it was a case of Kubrick would say look like this, react this way. And he just do and it. And he just do it. Like, he was able to just replicate what he's been asked to do.
1: Yeah, I wonder, I generally wonder why he didn't pursue acting after that and maybe he
0: was too traumatised. <laughs> I mean, McGregor's got to be played surely because otherwise it would not have been needed <laughs> for this movie. They've gone back to, what's he called? Danny Lloyd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Bruce Greenwood just before. I just wanted to quickly mention that so he plays Dr. John Dalton. Did you notice that when he in his office when he's he's talking to to Danny and he's giving him basically offering him offering him a job the office set up with the impossible window look exactly like the manager's office from the shining
0: again i've not seen the shining in a long time but i did read that after i'd seen the movie
1: so there are more comparisons um what do you think of abra so our other child actor in this in this
0: movie. She's fantastic.
1: Kylie. Like, she
0: really good. I mean, she's able to play the young scared girl, but then when she goes she after goes the knot badass. and she's almost like a superhero, <laughs> like, yeah,
1: she, like oozing confidence and she's taking, tra- she has a lot.
0: I don't know what other credits she has, but she's just really good in this. This movie gives her a
1: lot to do. Like she, this is not a small role. Um And you know how we get, child actors sometimes or you know as child character and we're just like okay they have their purpose but uh, I'm kind of sick of seeing them not at one one point was I feeling that way towards her like amazing like she was contributing her character was a pivotal role and her performance
0: was complimenting that the movie doesn't happen without her character She's the one yeah. that brings Danny into the fold in Maybe the Maybe she was place. the
1: subplot that almost got...
0: <laughs> yeah, then what would the movie be? Integral, right? But it is that thing where you're introduced to a character. Like, Danny, we're told that he shines more than most. So he's not just a kid with the abilities. He's, like, he's got super shine. You know, and that's why yeah. the hotel wants him. So he's, like, you know, he shines more than most, and that's what we're told. Great, that's the shining. And then you get the sequel... Doctor to sleep oh no no no! she shines way more than him yeah like he ain't got shit <laughs> yeah see so she's like ultra shine but you know i guess it's got to happen it's got to happen
1: now these young kids you know like they're surpassing their uh,
0: elders are... <laughs> i mean a-, a parents must have known like giving her a name like i don't know abra <laughs> and then <laughs> later well, she's into that was magic a,
1: I'm, I'm assuming that's just her nickname because she like, really liked Magic oh, okay. as so, a kid. So I'm sure she has an actual name. I mean,
0: everything I've read, she's only ever credited as Abra Stone. Because I guess the movie doesn't address the fact that she has another name, but I'm assuming... Well, half an hour was cut, so maybe it's in there. <laughs> the the mean, about her Maybe, name. Maybe it's in there. I mean, her the parents name. don't get too much to do. I mean, a dad gets more to do, and then he dies, and it's like, yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't going to end my And the, the mum
1: conveniently, like, oh, I need to go away
0: for this plot to unfold but that's
1: fine that's all good get her out of the picture but that kitchen scene where you first see her powers in you so with you the get, spoons it's feel like creepy yeah like, it's cool visually like a good little setup, and then when they all drop it's just I don't know see like that made me feel uncomfortable I don't know why it's just it it's just, creepy yeah. it's creepy and to me I'm like horror movie there it is
0: well, it's often creepier where it's a real setting and something's just a little bit off. Yeah. So, like, you can imagine. Because what... it makes it real, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you it... can imagine just walking into a kitchen. But then that's like an extra element that you're seeing. I mean, I don't have that much cutlery in my house, but. There's a would... lot of spoons.
1: That is. <laughs> that was a hell <laughs> of a lot of spoons. I say.
0: So. Was it just spoons? I just saw spoons.
1: Who has that many spoons? Well, I thought that was your point. Someone named I thought That was your point because that was the whole thing. That's what's outside. She's
0: like, look, I can do a trick with your spoon. She's like referencing spoons specifically, but you saw the size of the house; they can afford lots of spoons. Yeah, a I hate and it's safer than it's safer than <laughs> knives, isn't it? If you had like <laughs> knives hanging from the ceiling, what a hazard! What do you think to all of the recasting, bringing back original characters? I've mentioned already. We've got. Carl Lumley as Dick Well Well, in the first scenes, this is what... I, I I identified him as obviously being the
1: character of Dick Holleran. But then I was thinking, in that first scene, before we realised that he's a ghost, I was like, okay, he died in the first movie. And then I was like, well, maybe he didn't. Maybe he somehow survived. And then it's revealed he's a ghost. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're still on board, movie. All good. Um, but for the longest time, and I realised that the
0: movie came out in 1980...
1: But I was like, "Is that
0: Scatman Crothers?" I knew that it wasn't because <laughs> I do watch the Supergirl TV series, and oh. this actor is in that as Martian Manhunter's father when he's in human form. I was gonna say he's not Martian Manhunter. And he's no, but and he's really good in Supergirl. Like the yeah, like he outperforms most people on that show. But you see the performance <laughs> that he's doing in Doctor Sleep. That's what he's doing on the CW show. So he's like he's always performing at a high standard, yeah. and I thought he was really good in this. Wendy Torrance, she's back, but instead of Shirley Duvall, we have Alex Esso, and she is okay. And at certain times, she kind—I of, mean, they had to have surely tried to cast someone who looks similar, but then Duvall had such a unique look of her. And you don't get it from this actress. There's moments when you look, oh, the they both got black hair. I can see it from like a certain angle. Uh, you know, it's sort of like
1: certain shots, and you're just like, that looks like hair. And then, you know, if the scene is quick enough, you don't notice it. You know, there's a quick flash of, you know, the, the infamous bathroom scene. You know, where she's screaming, and the axe is coming through the door. It's, if you just, if you kind of squint and like yeah. just watch that really quickly, you're like. That could be the scene, just taken from that movie. But then
0: that's where, you look at her face, and you're like, yeah. "It's not." Her. That's where it it takes me out of it because you're seeing a lesser version of those iconic scenes.
1: That's funny. That's how that's how I felt. And I was trying to explain this to my wife, when we were coming back from the movie because she was like, "What? How did you feel about, about, about the movie? Did you like it?" You know, I was telling her, and then I was referring to these scenes, and I'm like, "The recreated scenes, like the tricycle scene in the opening shot." Fantas- I was yeah. like, this yeah. is wonderful. It's like, it's, I almost thought it was lifted from that movie. And I was like, no, it's too polished. It's too clean. It's, you know, the, the, the aspect ratio. I'm like, this is new footage. And I'm like, but it looks perfect. And then you see you see Danny from behind. You see his hair. And it's like, it looks like that kid.
0: But it could it be. Like it's the- just a little kid, back of his
1: head. But then suddenly you, you see a shot of it, the front of his face. And... Although, you know, they've done well and it's it's you know, it's okay and they, of course I had to recast, you couldn't but I mean they they didn't they could have with technology now they could have just put it on there but whatever. So I'm, I'm
0: glad they didn't though. Yeah I'm glad I'm they okay. didn't just I'm okay with yeah. it.
1: But in the moment of feeling so amazed by the 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 camera work, the set design, everything, just recreating that, that shot. And then suddenly you see the face and you're like, Oh immediately taken out. But I mean, I guess that's just. A I'm okay with thing. The I'm little okay boy. With it. It's, it's Wendy
0: do? though. When you get to see Jack Thomas, honestly, this actor Henry Thomas. <laughs> well, he's. I grew up watching, E.T. I mean, and he's then, clearly just Flanagan's mate now. <laughs> when I watched the haunting, I couldn't believe it was him, and then watched the movie. I did not realise it was Henry Thomas playing Jack Nicholson's character. At all. But as I was watching it, this you can see, okay, so there's bits of the voice, the speech pattern, there's certain angles, there's certain expressions. I... But as I'm watching it, though, I am so glad they've done it this way. Like, I know what we said about Wendy, but let's put her to one side. <laughs> With Jack Torrance, I'm so glad they didn't do what the Marvel movies do. Right, yeah. Where they just try, you know, bring Jack back. I know he's retired, but just try and digitise... Jack Nicholson, you know Spielberg asked Nicholson to come out of retirement for Ready Player One and he said no because he's <laughs> fully retired and it's like his Spielberg doesn't get him back in time right, so he's not John Farnham, he's legitimately... But I just... thought Henry Thomas in this role, it's kind of like, he clearly is Jack Talons, but he's like no, I'm Lloyd, like the- I'm the bartender... The, yeah, it's confusing and then because it's like, he, he's playing Lloyd but exactly he clearly but looks some, like his dad, but then he like also the, hair, the outfit. All of that, but then again, like Danny was six when everything went down and he didn't see his dad again. Oh, okay. So is he is it materialising how he sees him? But even if that's not the case, I'd much rather they recast like they did here. And it completely worked for me that yeah. whole scene.
1: I'm completely fine with the fact that they've recast for these very like these small roles and, and these characters are still such a big presence in this story and, and and in the movie and all that. I although you know, by the time we get to the Overlook Hotel and, you know, you are on this whole journey of like this big nostalgia trip and woo, all this fun stuff's happening, you've got Ewan McGregor sitting there looking at this guy who is supposed to be Jack McClane. I found it a bit distracting, but again it's probably just me and how I was feeling about it, just distracted with the fact it wasn't him. And it wasn't so much the look, because the look was almost bang on. Like, it was there. I, I re- it was... Honestly,
0: I really liked it. I think if I'd realised it was Elliot, that, <laughs> that would have been distracted. That would have been with I was
1: more... I, I disagree about the vo- I was more distracted by the fact that it didn't sound like Jack Nicholson. Now, Jack Nicholson has such a distinct voice,
0: accent, whatever. He does. And I said there were certain speech patterns. It's... He's not... If he did an impression of Jack Nicholson, you're right, who's got such a distinctive way of talking in his voice, it, it's just somebody doing an impression of Jack Nicholson. I'm glad that they softened it and pulled I, it back. I like your kind of reasoning,
1: I even though it's not necessary, but the fact that it's sort of like it's Danny's memory of him and his interpretation of what... That's how I thought about it. And that kind of helps. So you wouldn't remember exactly how his father, Jack Nicholson, sounded. So... And he's yeah. pretty close,
0: but you know, <laughs> you know, the way they're going I've to heard, look.
1: You know, you've heard people do impressions of Jack Nicholson, and exactly, like, and, and like, that's fantastic. But that's what it on.
0: sound like. That would that would take me out because like, oh, okay, we're, we're doing this, are we? Mm-hmm. We're just doing an impression. How would you have
1: felt if it was, if it was actually Jack Nicholson just doing a bit of voice work and it was
0: dubbed over? I don't need would it. Been too, yeah, don't need it. Mm. Don't need it. And isn't the reason why he's not doing moves anymore is because he can't remember his lines? <laughs> but then again, if he's just dubbing, though, he can read. I'm sure he can have
1: a script in front. <laughs> yeah, of him. Yeah,
0: no. It. Honestly, uh, Jack Thomas in this movie completely worked for me. Overlook oh, Hotel. This is so much of the movie. Like, and then it's like, it's, oh wow, this. It's like, oh, it's we're not, not watching. Really. It, it's a lot. It is. It feels I mean, it's like it's the third it, act. So I guess that is a lot. It, it, third act. I know, but there's. I feel like there's more than three acts in this movie. Do you know what it felt like? And not in a bad way. I got home from the movies and my wife like, oh, what was it like? And I said, it feels like I've just binged a Netflix series. It felt way more than a movie. Like there was different sort of just stories. sections. Okay, now it's this part of the season, now this part and this part. And again, not in a bad way. Like as a complete movie, it is a great experience. But you've kind of... You've got this, and then this, and this, and then it's got to be at least the last 40 minutes is the Overlook Hotel. And that really is The Shining 2. Yeah. And the lengths that Flanagan went to, it went to Kubrick's estate, got original blueprints for the hotel, and that's how they rebuilt it. Using those exact that's specs. Actually, Honestly, yeah, the lengths that Flanagan... And maybe in a lesser director, you wouldn't have the movie that we got. Mm.
1: Now I stayed away from trailers as I, I normally do, and if I am forced to watch, you know, something, I usually try and forget as much as I can. And I remember the trailer sort of implied that, you know, Danny's character would was talking about and referencing, you know, the Overlook Hotel, implying that they needed to go there. But then there were sort of some conversations halfway through the movie where he is sort of talking about, it, and I was thinking, oh, maybe this is it. And then they didn't end up going, and I was like, oh, maybe they're not going there. And I was like, okay, cool, and I was fine with that. But then when we do go, I, yeah, I just got really excited. And the, the closest memory to that sort of experience was probably like Jurassic World where they go back to the old park and, you know, it's revisiting, you know, the old set, but it's all, you know, aged and broken down and grown over and dusty and cobwebbed and stuff. Not as many like plants and dinosaurs running around, but
0: same sort of feeling that I was getting. I was like, oh, here we are, nostalgia trip. That okay. So, as a viewer, yeah. it is exciting as we're finally going there. They've teased it. We're going to the Overlook Hotel. Yeah. So as the a viewer, music, you know the cues in the, the, the audience. That it's good. Yeah, I'm excited too. Character motivation ridiculous. One of the stupidest things <laughs> Danny could have come up to. Surely there would have been another way of defeating. Yeah, so I
1: I agree, because what's his reasoning? He says, like, you know, there's a place where there are these, you know, bad, evil things. It's worse
0: than her, so we'll take her there, and we'll leave her there. And what's the first thing they do when they get to the Overlook Hotel? Danny goes, let's split up. Ridiculous. (laughs) they like... The first thing they do is split up, and they start wandering the hall separately.
1: He also just leaves... I don't understand, like... it really me. He just, he just left his car engine on, like...
0: Well, he leaves her in the car initially, and it's so she can stay warm. That's why he left the engine guess, on. Yes. And he's going into the house, because he's sort of like, I'm special, or well, I used to be until you came along, <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> I've got the shine real good. So I need to go in there, and I need to wake the house. They could have probably had Abra just stand on the doorstep. She's that powerful. The house of a little... So the idea, a they time. went in, and oh, and ev- everybody's there. And then we're, we're really, again, like, this is The Shining yeah, Team. Yeah, and, and, this and in this thing, like, although I was enjoying it and stuff... And I was enjoying it.
1: It comes down to, again, like, just a very different, I guess, type of movie. You know, like, where in the first one, a lot of the supernatural stuff was implied. I mean, yes, we saw visuals of, like blood coming out of the elevator and we did
0: see ghosts and stuff like that but but then you cut back to it and it's gone
1: yeah it was implied it was like very subtle and then it was almost like is all this stuff just in these people's heads like is this even happening is this real you watch this movie Ilma was walking through the house and lights are turning on it's, it's a fun house you know it's a like the house is very oh, the hotel sorry is very much alive and it's a living breathing entity with very much active spirits where it's like Okay, <laughs> so that's that's different, but you know I'm okay with it. It's it is a different movie. It's not. It's fine. it's like it's not really a sequel, but it is.
0: Oh no, it's definitely a sequel. Okay, yes, I know. It's a hundred percent. It's, it's it, just like Jurassic I mean, World is a sequel to the Jurassic Park films. It's a sequel.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, yes. It's no, the no, same I can't, carpet, I can't, like you know, the, the, like the music that. cues. It's no, it it's, is. It is. No, it no, it I agree. is it's,
1: a sequel. No, it is a sequel. It's set in the same universe. It follows off. It follows the same character. Yes, it is a sequel. I just mean like in terms of what the movie explores and offers us in terms of entertainment and visuals and plot and kind of things that are on screen. Very different movie.
0: Well, see, it's two different movies from two different directors.
1: Yeah, and decades. And both
0: have... You know, Flanagan's early in his career. I think he's like 41 and you know Kubrick did what he did you know he's got huge you know back catalog of movies and again it's movies.
1: it's based on a piece of literature which is was written as a sequel to a piece of literature that was not exactly like the no. film that it's also a sequel to so yeah, you're gonna get. Well, a Flanagan mixed went leg. to
0: King and said, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna do. You know, I'm planning on doing a sequel to The Shining. It's an adaption of Doctor Sleep, but it's a sequel to Kubrick's version." And Stephen King said, "No." <laughs> Honestly, he, he straight up said no. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> and, but then he pitched him on it, and then the the draft that got given to Stephen King and it was at the time of his son Joe Hill getting married, so he didn't get to the script straight away. So. Flanagan's like waiting for two weeks to hear back from King about this script. King finally gets back to him and says, This draft that you've sent me, none of the other drafts, but this one right here, this is the one that I'm going to approve. But just know, Hollywood doesn't make these types of movies. And it was that day Warner Brothers greenlit the project. <laughs> and just on that, like, Hollywood.
1: Does make these types of movies? It's they just, no,
0: I don't no, no 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 they don't not like this because if if this was the like the other horror movies that people are making today,
1: oh, I guess in terms of budget, the audience stuff, would be this there. Does have this is a bigger kind of budget It's haul, different. So, yeah. It's
0: slower. It's longer. It's not like a ninety-minute Conjuring spin-off, <laughs> using them as an example. But but it is. Yeah. It's like a horror movie they used to make, and that's why even though it's made two thousand nineteen. It works for me as a sequel to that 1980 movie.
1: It works for me as
0: as a movie as well. Like it works I've not me. seen The Shining in years. Did not affect my viewing experience. I mean I still remember yeah. it because I've seen it many times when I was a teenager. But this th- this movie for me just still holds up because they don't they don't spoon-feed you a previously on The Shining. <laughs> yeah, Like a TV show. They <laughs> they show you Enough, and for me, someone that has seen it jogs my memory. But they don't go out of yeah. their way to fill in the gaps, which I liked. Oh, yeah, they're doing that. They're, but they're... a modern audience, a young audience, I should say, would need those gaps filled.
1: I can imagine, though, going in completely blind, not ever having watching The Shining. And even with the jogging of memories and, you know, the the scenes that are flashbacks, recreated flashbacks or whatnot, yeah, I reckon... Someone like that would just be like, what the hell is going on? And, you know, the exposition is there and it, it's it's nicely delivered. But you'd still be like, I have no idea what's happening. Honestly,
0: Danny Thomas, like so you- much character development for him was in The Shining and what he was exposed to at such a young age. And I think watching that, knowing that movie... Is gonna really add to your enjoyment of this oh, movie because yeah. otherwise you're just opening up on you and McGregor and you're like, oh, what's he got to complain about?
1: And then there's the added the added layer of if you are very familiar with the shining, you know, you get those Easter eggs and those visual cues and you can really enjoy all that. And I think I'm not the biggest fan of movies just being nostalgic for the sake of it, but this movie has a reason to do it, and I think they do it well without making it seem like a cheap gag, so they they, they, they get away with it, and I like it.
0: So on that then, <laughs> to, <laughs> to give you a rating after you just say you like it. I like it. What would you give this movie out of five?
1: I'm going to come in at a four out of five. Um, strong score. Enjoyed the movie. Um, you know, like, like you mentioned, there, there are some sort of... Plot threads that don't really make sense, but you go along with it. Um, yeah, I don't I, I know, like, performances are really good. Um, the pacing is fantastic. It's edited well. Like, the visual cues, I mean, I had a really good time with it. However, you know, like I'm, I'm picking at bits. Um, yeah, you know, it's not completely sounded. The, the fact that they actually went back to the Overlook Hotel, although I enjoyed it, it's like, why? <laughs> like, it, it, Yeah, it didn't really makes sense why well, i feel like you know they had gotten rid of 90 percent of the bad guys in that one scene so surely they could have taken care of that other chick and rebecca ferguson but uh yeah so four out of five liked it a lot
0: this is a really good film i really <laughs> enjoyed it and more than anything I want people to watch this movie. Like, this movie yeah. should not be ignored at the cinema. It it deserves to watch. It is very well crafted, but I agree with a lot of what you said there. Like even though it was great to see the Overlook Hotel again in that third act, like, the motivation just wasn't there for me. There's Oh wow the the actress. Uh, Kylie Curran playing Abra Stone. She was great. Ewan McGregor, you always get a good performance out of him. Rebecca Ferguson, we love seeing her oh, on screen. Rebecca oh, Ferguson, God. I keep blanking on her name, rose the hat. <laughs> Such a cool... What the hell was going on with the hat? She was very protective in the shop. She didn't want the other person touching the hat. I felt as though there was going to be something else happening with the hat. Anyway, <laughs> maybe that's in that half an hour. That I got to <laughs> yeah, Rebecca Ferguson, ever since we were introduced to her... In Mission Impossible, I wanna say oh Rogue Nation, that's when she first appeared. She is fantastic. I like her in everything. There's a, a kid's movie, a King Arthur movie that she's in. I've not seen it, but I might see it just for, for her. her. She's great. This movie though. <laughs> um yeah, like yourself, I mean four four out of five, but an extremely good for, like, you know, really loved hearing those familiar music cues. It's such a well crafted movie by Flanagan. And if he was to do another story in this world, like he's talking about doing that movie about Holloman, I'd really, really like that. I really would. This is a really good horror movie. It is, but it's not perfect. And again, Wendy, Wendy Torrance, maybe they should have, like, I don't know, cast somebody else <laughs> who also had black hair. Yeah, four out of five. Scenes... I'm sure she didn't even have black hair. That was definitely a wig. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is a good movie. A lot of fun with this one. And, and, and I, guess... I don't... Sorry, I don't have any trivia because I kind of said it to... earlier. I mean, I can tell you that the address of Abra's house is 1980. But you said which, of course, well. that's the year of the
1: original movie. So, yeah, or, or wash up. Or I, I mean, I guess it's worth saying before we finish up, it's like I wasn't expecting this to be... The Shining, or as good as The Shining, or better, you know. But it, you know,
0: it was, it's pretty good. It was better than I thought. It's a very well made film. <laughs> we need to stop saying good things about it because we gave it a four. <laughs>
1: so oh yeah, it, to, it, it is I'm good. just not getting silly. It is
0: good. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We're not talking fives. Okay, I think a four is a, a fair score. Well, that's it for our review of Dr. Sleep. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media, you can find us on Facebook,
1: Twitter, and Instagram as That Films You Podcast. We also have our companion shows Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages.
0: And all of episodes can be found on our website,
1: thatfilmsdupodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Terminator Dark Fate. Sounds like comics have a recent episode looking at Green Lantern and Rewind and Review recently went and did their annual episode looking at The Simpsons, Treehouse of
0: Horror, this time episodes 11 to 15. Our next review from that film stew will be Eddie Murphy's Doll Might Is My Name. Eddie Murphy is back. I'm really looking forward to talk about Eddie. (laughs) You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film stew. See you soon.
1: Okay. One one clean sweep no edits needed that'll be great. <laughs> okay.
0: Hello and welcome to that film shoe. I'm Jason. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just let's just try <laughs>